So guys, did you all see in uh, Omloop that uh, Wout Van Aert was racing with a teammate named Huge Doobie? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's, what? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I'm my Dutch. I th- was he Dutch or Belgian or? Uh, I think he was Dutch. Okay, and and it it in fairness, it could be Hub Dugin, but uh, I like the sound of Huge Doobie much better. Yeah, I like I like that too. I'll uh, I'll go with that. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a uh, did he know. did he well, smoke them in the sprint? Smoke smoke. I think smoke them. Oh, in the sprint. Okay. Well, did you guys also see that? Lillian, call me Jane. Want a bike race this weekend too? Jane. Episode 39. Hello and good evening, gentlemen, and welcome to episode 39 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, guys. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sir Cheerio. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I am exhausted. Did a bike ride this evening? Yeah. Or afternoon? Mm-hmm. Towns and I, I sent you a message to see if you wanted to ride with me, and it was uh, and you weren't able to, but it was probably better because I went out and bonked myself. Wow. Oof. Wow. So it might have been awkward if you were there also. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily want to witness you bonking yourself. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't there. Uh, I'm. I'm intrigued. I must say, and it's. Uh, it's quite an ability that you have to be able to bonk yourself. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of Dutch, I think bonking <laughs> oneself means something entirely different in Dutch. Oh, it's, I mean, like I. I got really hungry. I got the hunger. Hunger knock. You know, right? Came home and I got faint. I. I'll, bonked myself. I tell you what. Go to my hometown. Walk into the pub and tell everybody that you bonked yourself. Okay. Yeah. So let's try that. Will someone buy me fish and chips after? <laughs> Maybe if they can watch. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, I'm telling you, just you know, just doing a bunch of zone two on, on uh, not a lot of food, um, but it was a beautiful day, and I had to get out and ride bikes, and I might have upset an older gentleman. I passed him a few times in the lakefront. Was it I... while you were bonking yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on the way to bonking myself. Yeah, I was still feeling pretty good at that point, and. Uh, Putting some power to the pedals, nothing, nothing too extreme, but he caught me at a red light on Wisner, mm. and he very he expressed to me that I was passing him too closely as and, a cyclist. Yeah, mm. and oh, he was on a bicycle. He was also on a bike. Oh, I passed him a few times. He had a little mirror hanging off his handlebars. Yeah, um, did he have a beard? No, no beard. Okay, um, but he said that I I passed him too closely. And that he might wobble out into me and knock me out. Oh, was he on a bent? No, he was on a regular bike. Okay. So, sorry. Sorry, old timer. Uh, wasn't trying to uh, scare you or get ran into. I guess maybe I'm just a little bit... I'm just 
used to the rotating pace lines we were doing this weekend on the club ride. You yeah. think it? You think it makes it better that you just called him old timer on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, probably not. So you were hot rod, sir. You were hot. Sorry, sir. I did. I did said. I told him fair enough, and I apologized. Look, can I just say, as a gentleman now of a certain age, which, I'm, which I am, I much Good prefer. Segue. I much prefer someone just calling me bro. Still, don't call me sir. Yeah, you know, don't call me Mister. Just <laughs> you can just still call me bro, just like I'm your age. Okay. All right. So, well, speaking of which, Townsend, you have now fully entered mammaldom. That's right? true. Yes, if I hadn't. Already, I'm yeah. certainly there now, yeah. chronologically speaking. That's right. I am a middle-aged man. In Lycra. Multiple pictures of me as a middle-aged man in Lycra at my own uh, middle-aged birthday party. Yeah, which, which was a good time was had by all. I think so. Started with a ride, which is always a good way to start any party, right? Yeah, we had, it was a Saturday, our club ride, and it was the, the T-Bone half a century bash. And I think we've determined that there were pretty much exactly 50 people on the ride as well, which kind yeah. of adds to the significance. That's impressive. Actually, there were 49. So, Matt, if you had been able to make the ride, which I'm not giving you a hard time for not making it, but you would be one of the people that, that you know, normally barring uh, whatever your excuse was this weekend, uh, barring that excuse, you would have been there. And so we'll, we'll count you as the honorary 50th member of that ride. But I did make it to the end of the ride and you were wearing a kit i was wearing my kit because i rode there okay great yeah. and you also dj'd the party so you well, definitely really. get bonus points for that your I, iphone I, dj'd i just brought my I, I actually just put a playlist on yeah well you brought the you brought the jams i brought the jams and then uh your wife your lovely wife brought the brass band yes that was a sweet touch was it not it was that was a surprise yeah. Bun- bunch of mammals dancing around um to uh <laughs> brass band music pretty cool huh? yeah i wonder what those guys thought when I, they showed up and they yeah. were just like what the fuck are these dudes all wearing are these like what is, what is this like a bunch what, of gymnasts what kind of party are we walking into yeah. what, what kind of gig did you get us yeah i don't think they mistook any of us for gymnasts i'm gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was a good weekend riding in towns and we also went out on sunday oh god and we did sort of a misadventures ride yeah i mean boy it it, it really was planned to be something epic so sunday was looked to be we had a pretty fun route planned on sunday yeah i thought you know, I, I posted the ride event and i thought i kind of nailed it i was like rides got a little bit of everything like great coffee to start a little warm-up on the levee uh kind of an epic ride over a bridge over the mississippi river cool little you know levee ride on the west bank some bridge repeats some gravel yeah a ferry ride home yeah we had a guest from out of town we had a a tacoma washington yeah from tacoma washington in town who found us online and oh good so he made it to the ride he did yeah yeah Yeah, great guy had a lot of fun and um we were uh at 20 miles into the ride and I broke a spoke. So where did that happen? That happened coming on the West Bank, coming off of the long levee stretch after the Huey Long Bridge when you come down off the levee onto River, Road. onto River Road for a bit. Oh, so I thought this had maybe happened on the gravel. No, 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 no. It happened as I was coming down off the levee. I, 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 there's some speed bumps that you come over. Yep. And I just kind of hit one of those weird and... I think I must have thrown my 
uh, rear derailleur a little bit into the spoke. Does it look like it sort of clipped the spoke and hmm. broke it loose? Uh, I've got a few theories, and they're not worth getting into on the podcast, but I'll talk to you about it off the air if you're really that interested. But yeah, the spoke broke. and uh, So anybody interested in Townsend's theories, <laughs> yes. email him. Well, I mean, Email the podcast, and Townsend will... Uh, yeah. Send uh, something back with some diagrams. Maybe we can get Rito Casey to do some uh, analysis, trajectories, yeah. and uh, angles of attack, and and things like that. Yeah. The tensionometer was off. Oh, tens- tensiometer. Tensiometer. Mm. So the uh, wheel, um, as you would expect when a spoke gets broken, yeah, uh, became quite untrue, mm. uh, and and it probably had about a good. 10 to 15 millimeters of play in it. I mean, it was pretty rapidly yeah. wobbling side to side. Definitely had a hop in there, didn't it? Like a side hop. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, I opened up my brake calipers as far as they would go and um, wasn't going to cut it. It was actually hitting on the inside of the uh, of the brake arm. And um, so it didn't matter how, how wide I opened the calipers. And uh, so we decided it was either me getting an extraction from either my wife or an Uber, or we would just remove the rear brake entirely. And um, Phil Gaiman style. Fill that, free that bad boy up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell you what, even taking the rear brake all the way off and suspending it from the back of my saddle, the wheel was wobbling so much it was almost hitting the inside of my frame on the chain stays up near the the junction with the bottom bracket well i hope you didn't get any paint damage on your uh beautiful frame there no paint damage good and uh rode it got it got it set up rode it with just the front brake and but uh maybe five or ten minutes after we all got back on the road we were caught in one of the most epic rainstorms mm. in recent memory yeah, it was uh, it was really cold rain, and none of us, everybody was dressed for summer, yeah. and it dropped about 20 degrees, and the rain hurt. Yeah, stinging, mm. yeah. cold, mean, stinging rain. rain. It yeah. almost felt like it was hail at times. Yep. Uh, big headwind. <laughs> and a gopher just... <laughs> I think there's a duck there. What? <laughs> I don't know. There's a duck. Um, yeah, it was, it was rough. I had a little... I, just because I thought we might get a little bit of rain was in the forecast. I brought just a little sort of wind vest just to mm. knock a little bit of the cold off. But And I think maybe Aaron had a rain jacket, but the rest of us were mainly just in, in uh, short sleeves. And, uh, man, it was rough. Mm. And uh, so we, uh, we, we kind of killed the ride, pulled the plug on it, and um, camp, have- camped out at a coffee shop and had... Uh, some hot coffee for a few minutes while we waited for the uh, ferry to take us on back uptown. I had a breakfast ham and cheese sandwich, like straight up French baguette style, because I bonked myself on that ride too. <laughs> uh, that was quite a <laughs> traditional cyclist's ride snack that we yeah, had, because I had one of those too. It was yeah. a crusty baguette mm. with, a, with a nice piece of sort of dried ham and cured ham and I think uh, some sort of camembert or maybe brie cheese okay yeah it's good school. a, a Merxian, uh yeah. ride snack there well we didn't yeah the only thing that would have really made it more Merxian if we had eaten steak 
the ride start at Cherry Coffee. Jerry's best. Yeah, or yeah. I was going to say if we had pulled that ham and cheese out of our jersey pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, yeah, yeah, but that was great and uh, it was a fantastic video that that you took, Bodie, of of my uh, of my rear brake suspended from the uh, back of my saddle. Good times. So speaking of adverse weather conditions, um, the pro road tour or the world tour i should say uh yes. went back to the europe and they were racing in some pretty cold weather it was it the was classes, full leg warmers going on wasn't yeah it? yeah and the classics kicked off mm. i mean the true road season kicked off which was awesome i was the, pretty uh, pumped yes and now for my next number i'd like to return to the classics back <laughs> will resist the longest. The Oompa Loompa 500. <laughs> I believe it's called that. Yeah. Uh, Omloop het Newsbladen. Yes, uh, or Het Vogue, if you're old school and still call it that. Uh, yeah, it was kind of cool this year. They, well, some things were cool and some things were not as cool as they could be, but, and the weather was definitely cool. It was cold. But it was sunny. Uh, yes, it was clear. Uh, they, they, so they had the team, um, the whole like, uh, what do they call it? The, Start Village. Yeah, but the, yeah, and so that was in the velodrome. Yeah. So they had the velodrome, and they had the men's and women's teams coming out at the same time. So it was like they basically had them both coming through, and they'd like ride up onto the stage, and then I guess like ride off. Oh, the sign in. The sign in. The rider uh, side in. Sign yeah, but in I don't know if it was it? like the, I don't know if it was the preview thing, maybe the night before or day before or whatever. Anyway, but they had these both ceremonial the, team presentations. Yeah, the team presentation. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So they had You're that welcome. in the velodrome, and they had both the men's and women's teams, because the women's race and the men's race, they had those both together at the same time, which I thought was, that's great, you know, progress there. Uh, but unfortunately, we did not get any live coverage of the women's race. Did they run it before the men's race? I think the women's race actually set off just after the men's race. Oh, okay. But finished before the men's race, am yes, I right? Yes, because they do a shorter route. That's so, right. It's, it's like... These, and it's a spaghetti, these, another yeah, yeah, spaghetti say, route. These yeah. routes are very convoluted and... and... It's not markedly shorter, though. I mean, it is shorter, but it's not, it, mm, it's not I, half as long. Well, I think it's close to 200K for the men's race, and it was about 112K or something for the women's race. Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. And speaking of which... Uh, do you know what we have here in Louisiana? We have a spring classic race, and everybody races the same route and the same distance, and it's over 100 miles for everyone. Oh, and guess what? No woman has ever died at that race. No. <laughs> no woman has ever died during that race. And, and, our own and most teammate, of them have finished. And our own teammate finished fourth last year in that race against some pros yeah right? so we've actually given the uh race organizers of rouge roubaix that very shout out in earlier episodes of this podcast yeah. talking about exactly that issue of parody and um and yes you're absolutely right that race brings it 
Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about who won Home yeah. Loop? Let's I mean, yeah. Greg Van Avermaet won it last year. Yes, right. He did. Mm-hmm. Sags Sags has won it before, right? He's mm. been there. He's been at the podium. Second won that one. I'm not sure. I don't know, okay, maybe Sags won KBK. Well, so Greg's won it twice. Uh, Phil Gill has won it twice. Um, uh, Yogi has won it twice. Who's in Yo- recent who years. Who is Yogi in standard? Who wasn't there this year? So, so any of those guys uh, make it onto the podium? No. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, our boy uh, Michael Valgren. Yes. From Astana. Yep. I don't know that I've seen a lot of Astana racers on classics podiums. Well, they they bossed that thing because they, they really did. three guys in the final selection. So, so it was theirs to lose. Yeah, so the final selection was made over the uh, Keppelmuir uh, and confirmed over the Bosberg, which was the... Yes. Last climb. Of that the was race. the last climb of the race. Yes. Uh, we had, Sepp van Mark was the first man over the Kappelmoor. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And then we had Wout van Aert in that final in selection as well. That was pretty exciting. Wout uh, was up in there and looking really strong. A little really surprised good. that the that the guys calling the race weren't a bit more sort of. Well, they, I don't know they, which one you listened to, but uh, they definitely I, gave him the shout out. Called him three times. Yeah, they gave him, gave him the shout out for sure. But Mag, they, they didn't. Mag, Mag, Big Maggie, who was the color man on on there, was constantly calling out how good Wout looked and what a strong rider he was. No, no, I, I, I'm with you. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there was uh, not the surprising enthusiasm of Wow, this guy is the cyclocross world champion, and look at him in this move. I, I. I um, Interestingly enough, there were two triple cyclocross world champions in that movie. Very mm-hmm. true. Stenic yeah. Stebar also. Stebar. Mm-hmm. Stebar was the one who closed down Sepp's attack, yep. which allowed Valgren to counter and get away. Um, well played by Valgren because he actually attacked beforehand. He did. He attacked earlier on too. Got brought back. And then Sepp. Sepp pulled the Sepp. Got third him. place. Yeah. You know, that's very, very Sepp-ish. Of him to do that. Very Seppish. Um, I was just kind of thinking, trying to think the last time Sepp's really won anything. And, and it, I had to go back a couple years. Yeah. It reminded me that he did win that hammer race. And he came across the line pretty excited. He was the first one across the line. But technically, they did not. He didn't. It wasn't a race a win. it's a team event. Yeah. It was. Right. It was like the points race. So anyway, it doesn't doesn't show up on his Palmares. Exactly. Not yeah. on his Palmares. So Sepp going to Sepp. Well. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think about the last, you know, five six k of uh, of Omloop? I mean, to me, it was a group of ten guys. They had a gap on the on the main field. It seemed clear that the winner of the race was going to come from that selection, which it did. Which it did. Um, interestingly, though, it was only P one two three that ended up coming from that selection. The rest of that selection ended up getting caught by the mobbed. break. Yeah, because. They just were so disorganized. You know, Wout looked like he, you know, I agree with, uh, um, with, uh, yeah, Wout placed 32nd. Yeah. But, and, but Wout did look really good. I mean, he was, he was covering, uh, it wasn't himself covering the attacks, but he was, you know, keeping himself he with was the there, lead group yeah. as the attacks were marked. And I don't know, I, I read, and I, but I read this in a, in a Dutch publication that was translated via Google Translate, so you never know how good that is, um, of uh, Greg Van Avermaet talking about how, you know, nobody wanted to work and it was just a disorganized lead group. And 
as a as a spectator, it really wasn't super fun to watch. I mean, Sep got you know Sep attacked and got a little gap, and then Stebar brought that back. But when um, when Valgren went, it it wasn't even it was, yeah, it was a great move. It was a great turn of speed, but it's just like. Nobody even responded to Oh, it. no, because he counterattacked. There'd already been, there'd just been another move, and he well, just yeah. went at the perfect time, and everybody's just looking around at each other. And they were a little bit gassed, looking yeah. around. Three or four seconds, and that Boom. was it. It yeah. was that kind of 2K to go, perfect time to do it. Okay. And I think he timed it perfectly. He obviously had the legs in, in that group. He's, he, he looked super strong the whole time. Uh, the other guy I want to give a huge shout out to was. Wisniewski of Sky, who who came out of that group and came, managed caught the group. Yeah, he came from behind and caught the group, and and then caught the break out and of that then, group. Well, want him and uh, the quick step guy caught the break. They caught the break just as they were going into another climb. They caught them just as they were going into another climb, and then they drifted off the back again. And then uh, I can't remember who the quick step rider was. It's um. Uh, it'll I'll not Gaviria. No, 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 no. He that was nowhere. But uh, so Wisniewski was then gapped over the top of that climb, and then on his own soloed back to that group. And while they were playing, they played cat and mouse a little bit, and that gave him a chance to get back on to it. And then he jumped behind when Sep went in the final move. He went behind him and, and set, ultimately pipped him at the ran line. out of steam, and he uh, he rode past him, which was uh, yeah phenomenal. Yeah, and then the rest of that group literally got swallowed up. I mean, Welt finished thirty second, like you said. I think I think Van Avermaet finished like fiftieth. I mean, he just they just yeah quit. It was a big pack just came in on them. Yeah, yeah. So, but awesome to see uh, classics racing again. Hmm. Uh, I was pretty toasted after our ride, Townsend, and uh, kind of fell asleep during the. I watched the last hour of the Omloop, but really, really enjoyed. I think the last hour pretty much had all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that was it. Um, I'm not going to give it a, you know, a a huge marks for a great classic. It was, again, I agree with you guys. It was great to just see classics road racing again Mm. and was very happy for that. I I didn't, I mean, I appreciate Valgren's move. I understand that it was well-timed and so on and so forth. I didn't think it was a I didn't think it was a fantastic edge of your seat kind of race, um, but you know not every race can be like that. Uh, and in the in the end, not a great day again. We looked at before the race, we were looking at the quick step lineup and just saying, "Wow, any one of these all star team." Yeah, it was really uh, it was all star, and they got nothing out of it. Uh, so that was a probably a big disappointment for them. I did notice that uh, Nikki Terpstra. It was so cold that Nicky Terpstra had covered his face in Vaseline. I saw that. And yeah. he was being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> when he was being interviewed in the velodrome, his face was very, very shiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like he was about to go to the beach or something. I don't know. Most um, exciting part of the race, I think, was the the climb up the, the Keppelmuir yeah. and seeing Walt Van Aert coming over the top of the of the mural with uh, with that front group I mean that was exciting because that was really the first time that you I mean you they had you had seen him in the race right but that was where the selection was made I mean there were a hundred people riding up to the base of the Keppel mirror yeah. and then you know th- three minutes later you're seeing him come over the top and you're like fuck there's Woot yep awesome there yep. he is yeah no exciting 
And um, anytime anybody goes up the Kapilmoor, it's always exciting. I think that's just such a great climb. Let's give a shout out to American Alexis Ryan, who got second in the women's race. Yes, she did. And Corinne Rivera finished fifth, I think. Somewhere uh, near yeah, the top five, if yeah. not in the top five. Yeah. And uh, also, a uh, very big surprise winner, Christina Sigard uh, from Virtu Cycling, a Danish team. Astonishing, superb result for her. Yeah, don't don't know anything about her, but uh, love the kit. Yeah, great kit. Yeah, uh, and uh, I've actually I, I follow her on Instagram. I think she used to be on Wiggle or one of the other teams uh, before, and now she's gone back to uh, a smaller team. But uh, yeah, uh, I think a big surprise for her as well as everybody else uh, winning that. So That's good, it. good start also for you know American women in the uh, in the classics. Great yeah. to see. Yeah, and uh, Canyon SRAM, uh, good weekend for Canyon SRAM all around. They've also they won uh, the uh, Setmana Ciclista Valencia. Um, Hannah Barnes got two stages, and they won the overall. And I think they had two or three in the top ten overall. So uh, uh, PFP was up there in the results. So uh, good, good start for that team. Yeah, Corn Rivera got fifth fifth place um so let's move on to sunday which was the kbk now that's Mm -hmm. a race that sagan has won yes Yes. that's more of a sprinter's race sprinter's classic yeah i mean i don't necessarily yeah generally it it usually is a sprint comes down to a sprint now why is that as the uh, not as much hills so it's just a long flat sort of run up to the finish and it's got it 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 has the kind of i mean it goes over the paterberg it goes over the paterberg no no sorry not the uh couple the udaquamont the quamont yeah yeah so I don't know how you guys keep all these names straight in your head. <laughs> well, I, I actually only remembered that because uh, uh, the during the, one of the interviews after the race, there was discussion about you know coming over. But usually, it's it, it's far enough from the finish, and yeah, there's the break know. gets caught. Well, the other thing is there are there's like a couple of laps yeah, in the city loops. at the yeah. end, right. which are flat. Right. But that race came down to the very end i mean the break got away it was pretty yeah, exciting was too nip and tuck i mean mm. that was an actually an interesting the way that finish set up because i mean cut to the cut to the end it's a sprint finish uh and uh, uh dylan groenwagen out sprints arno demar for absolutely the, destroys for yeah. demar demar yeah. got flattened like a crepe Flattened and folded like a crepe. Yeah, yeah he did. A very thin, a very thin pancake. <laughs> so, but uh, to your point that you mentioned earlier offline, to me and and Bodie Townsend, yes, Demar really kind of started his sprint too late. Yeah, uh, Grunewagen had a nice clean run, and Demar had to come out from behind people a little bit too late on that. But I think the, he started too early. Who? Demar. He's out in the wind, mm. too long, leading out Grunewagen. No, I didn't think I didn't see it that so way. So this okay. is this okay. is the way I saw it. So there were three guys off the front and they were just, you know, riding for the line as hard as they could. There was no working together. They were kind of opening up kind of a mock sprint. I mean, they really couldn't sprint. None of them were sprinters and they'd been blasting it in the break all day. So they didn't really have that turn of sprint speed, but they were close enough within the last 400 uh, 400 meters was Vermont was on his own, right? Yeah, Vermont was on his own. There was a second guy sort of behind him, and then the third guy who was in that break, who I can't remember who that was, 
was a, was getting caught by the group yeah. as the sprint opened up. And what Demar did was that he started his sprint and he kind of tried to stay tucked behind that third dropped rider as long as he could until he broke out into the wind. And that's when I said to you, Matt, I thought maybe it looked like he kind of rode too far up on him and almost boxed himself in because as he got immediately behind that guy, ready to break out into the wind and start his sprint in earnest, uh, Groenwegen was already coming yeah, around he'd him. He'd already opened having up. Having had a big leap, and, and by the time DeMar turned it on, he just didn't have anything for him. But they still had, there were still two guys in front of them that they had to catch yeah, uh, that's true. as they were sprinting. And the camera foreshortened it as you were looking at it from the finish line shot, but when they showed the overhead, it really was only at the last moment that the two of them caught uh, Vermont, who yeah. was on the front of who that. finished eighth, finished, yeah. finished ninth. So he, yeah, he almost made it. Um, and your your boy was Nezanowski. Yeah, he was eighth, right? He got eighth. I know. So amazing weekend, amazing and, weekend and for him. Vermont, former Quickstep rider, right? Wisniewski yes. is is how you pronounce it. Wisniewski. 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 Vermont. Wisniewski. We should get Vermont. a Polish person on to. Uh, is he uh, Belgian? Vermont. Vermont, Julian Vermont, yeah, I think so. Former quick step rider. Former quick step. Now in Dimension Data. Yes. I mean, he he rode that finish like a Belgian. I mean, he he was in the break with two two other guys. Yeah. And he eventually had they they couldn't hang with him. Right. Was, and to his credit, both of the other two guys that were in that break kind of looked back and saw the saw the pack coming and kind of gave up. Mm-hmm. He kept his head down, never looked back, buried himself. Yeah until the very end it ain't over till it's over that's right that was pretty exciting good stuff no that was a that was a i thought a more interesting finish honestly than than i'm loop and i'm not usually a guy that that digs the big sprint finish but that was a fun yeah interesting exciting finish to that race well Well, it's always good when it doesn't come when it comes down to that last kilometer because the break the guy in the break could possibly make it um and there was a lot of it i think there was in some ways it was a better race because there was a lot of breakaway action before that. We had the we had the great stuff with Daniel Loss and well, and Stoyven, Jasper yeah. Stoyven, who well, former winner won two years ago. A little also vision second last year, Stoyven. Yeah, they had a great two man breakaway. I mean, Oss, if you're going to be in a breakaway with somebody, Daniel Loss is the man you want to be with, right? Yeah, because I mean, while you're in the break, you know, and and you know, he's on your wheel, he might whip out his bass and play some jams. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let, you're gonna have some accompaniment there, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and then when you're behind, and the slowing locks will just kind of like create extra draft. So, yeah, and he he gets a flat. Um, yeah, very. Stoyven's just like son of a monkey. Uh, you just like, got to keep hammering. You got yeah, but at that point. They were you like 30K out. Yeah, but he stayed out on his own for a while. A long time. I mean, Dude's for a long Kudos to him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dylan Groenwegen. I mean, what can you say? He had he had a couple big wins, or at least one or two that I can remember. Big yes. wins uh, last year. And then this is his third fourth. or fourth win this year. Fourth well, he won win on the Champs-Élysées last year. That's, exactly. the biggest, that's the biggest sprint win there is. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Groenwegen is a guy who doesn't like to train. His that's his kind of style. He likes. He's like a. a he likes to race, you know. A I mean, Cavendish style. I think uh, he. This came from his post-race interview after winning on the Champs Elysees yeah. last year. I think he. Cycling tips posted an old article they had done on him, and he comes from a family of uh, bike builders, I guess, too. Hmm. So kind of cool. Yeah. Yep. Well, so we've had our first weekends of classics. Um, 
watching the races, trying to remember who is who, who's on what team, you know, I guess we both had the same thought, Townsend, that we maybe wanted to talk about the kits now that we've Ooh. seen them in action. Yeah. Although I, I think it does make a difference. To, so do we you're saying we want to do a little trash open ash right now? I think so. <laughs> yeah, so but they've been racing these kits since January in Australia mm. and the desert, but that doesn't Wh- which count. Which means right? I haven't seen them. Okay. All right. All right. So this is their first so so You guys are racists. <laughs> We were prejudiced against, against races in the desert, Race, in the southern race, hemisphere. Racists. <laughs> um, do you have any hot takes, Towns, and on some kits you've seen so far? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, kind of like hold my nose when I say this because of all of the shit that I've spewed about this, <laughs> and I'm gonna Uh-oh. stick to the to the general. I'm gonna beep, stick to the general that's feeling. That's the backup sound. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm not necessarily crawfishing off of my opinion of these kits. Crawfishing. I'm here a southern to say, podcast. Wow, what? That's crawfishing. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a South Louisiana expression. When this you, is when the you, yeah you, you ride back podcast. Off of something, you crawfish you crawfish off of it. Oh, like a crawfish kind of backs out <laughs> wow. of a crawfish hole. So, but it's kind of like getting bonked in. In England. <laughs> Let me just say it. BMC looks better on the bike than it does mm. off the bike. No. No, God. I saw I saw the shot with the blue, like, uh, what do you call it? A mud flap? The privacy panel? Oh. On the on the on the bibs. You know, you see the guys that hang around French Quarter and they have a they wear like a denim like piece along so they when they sit on the ground their pants don't get dirty. That's yeah. what it looks like on bmc that little blue back panel that doesn't connect with anything else yeah and then they also have it on the collar okay yeah so all i'm saying here guys Mm -hmm. is that it looks better on the bike than it does off the bike i wasn't nearly as offended i'm a big fan of greg van avermont so maybe that's what it is i'm judging it basically seeing him you know in in some of these races i didn't i wasn't as offended by the bmc kit as i was off the bike well I, speaking of mm, i hate the kit i love his bike no, okay. so the new one so beautiful the new one that kind of like gunmetal gray yeah that's uh that's hot with the gold well i'll do a little crawfishing yeah and i'll say <laughs> that i actually am not too mad at the movistar kit Ooh. okay the fate is not that bad it's it's not terrible yeah uh it's also just mm, it, it would be better you know it would be so good if it was just a hard cut with black bibs i would love it i'd be fine with it because i love the, the simplicity i love the simplicity of just the big m i don't mind the light blue i think it looks cool the bike with the fade again the bike looks better than the kit fades on a bike mm. fades on thumbs the bike up. good fades on a kit thumbs down did you, guys, did you guys see the picture of uh, Valverde that I sent you coming across the, the line for the yeah, win with that, his hands that's in the air? Yeah, that's what made me uh, kind of change my mind. Like his I, pants were pulled up too high? Yeah. <laughs> like an old just, man? He looks he looks bloated and swollen <laughs> the way that, you know, just that, that bright blue just kind of yeah. disappears down into that dark blue that disappears down into the bibs. You just can't tell where well, the shirt let me, ends let me pull and, the bibs, and the bibs well, me, start. Well, let's yeah, let's more about Valverde a little bit a yeah. little bit later, but yeah, I I I agree. I, I don't like Okay, Bodie, I'll give you this. They look bad. they look better. I'll I'll be honest, it. the Astana kit I think looks okay this year. Okay, so I, that was going to be the other point I made, which is Valgren wins Omloop, and when he came across the line, I'm just like, "Oh, this poor dude, he's winning this huge race and he just looks like a complete idiot." <laughs> I hate the Astana kits. And well, what's most 
I couldn't tell if Brian Cockard was writing for Astana or his new team or whatever. I got so confused. There's so many kits that are so confusing right now. The, the worst part of the Astana kit is that helmet. That thing is god-awful. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's, it doesn't... The Astana kit does not look good. That color is just so 2002. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, and it does not look good in Belgium. Especially when you're wearing a ton of other kits. So where does it look good? On the Cote d'Azur, does it look better? Probably or? looks good at the Tour in the of desert? Turkey. Yeah, mm. yeah. It doesn't really, doesn't go or with the, the, with the Tour scenery. of Azerbaijan. I mean, that's oh probably close to Kazakhstan. So This um, is like Queer Eye for the, the Pro Kazakhstan right National Championship race. They look boss in the Kazakhstan National Championship <laughs> yeah. race. Um, anyway, but so, but I think, I think the thing to... The thing that makes the Valverde kit look better, the Movistar look, kit look okay, is that mm. he's winning. Yeah, and he's wearing it. He's also, you know, he's one of those guys that just looks good in cycling gear. So, yeah, I mean, that's, we have, there. I guess this race was in, where the race, the, oh, I guess it's a, it's a desert, another desert race. God, Wilt, there's so Wilt many. World Tour, Tour week-long stage race. This is his second stage race win of the, of the year, overall the season. win. Yeah, wow, what's going on? I mean, always be Valverde. Always. And we've talked about it before. I mean, a demonstrative win on that final stage. I mean, he attacked early on the climb. And, uh, you know, a few guys came across to him. Uh, Lopez was one of them. And then Lopez attacked again. Valverde was the only guy that could go with him. Valverde basically sucked his wheel up to, because he's like, all right, I'll ride it all the way up to the end. I can out sprint any of you, which he can. He can do anything. He's amazing, astonishing, great racer to watch, but there's always the Valverde dilemma, isn't yep. there? There and is. You I, mean his past? Yeah. The and, checkered and past? Not just his checkered past, but his unrepentance about it. You know, he is like, sure, yeah, you know. I mean, we know, you know, he is Operation Puerto. He is one of the guys He's all right. He's served his time and he's like, okay, I've served my time, whatever. I don't need to worry about this, but I well, don't know. I wish he had a little bit of. He's so good. All the yeah. time. And, and remember, he older. blew his knee yeah. apart in like, the Tour de France last year. It was it like, Greg... maybe that's it. But no, he goes into his cave yeah, and he comes exactly. back. Yeah, out. he does. He goes into his cave. What, what did uh, Greg LeMond say about uh, Lance? Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, I mean, Valverde, just astonishing. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I saw like there was an interview and he's like, uh, am I the best racer in the, best yeah, racer in the yeah, world? Yeah. I don't know about that, but, you know, I sure as hell win a lot. Yeah, no, <laughs> Which he does. he does. He's Mr. Consistency. Uh, <clears throat> unbelievable. And unlike, you know, say, uh, uh, Kevin Powells, who's Mr. Consistently just off the podium kind of these days uh valverde is i mean has Valverde does Valverde if he valverde finishes a race does he ever finish lower than fifth in anything that he ever does yeah even even gc and grand tours you know he's typically up in the top five yeah he's been on the podium i mean he's won one before his doping ban but he finished third uh behind uh you know Fruman quintana didn't he that year i mean he's just Amazing, absolutely unbelievable. So Valverde, Again, unbelievable. Valverde or Kwiatkowski right now, best sort of you know all around badass rider. I'm gonna go with Kwiatkowski just Obviously. because he's, he's yeah. awesome 
and I love watching him race too. And he's a different animal, I think, slightly than Val. I don't know. They're actually kind of similar in some ways, aren't they? Because I think Kwiatkowski can win a one-week tour and can win a classic. So seems a little more punchier, though. A little bit more mm-hmm. punchy, but I don't know. Put the two of them together in a sprint. You know, it'd be a Val great Reddy race. Will still, probably win. It'd be a great race if you could find the right course that would sort of, at different times, favor each of these three different riders. A race between Valverde, Kwiatkowski, and Sagan. Right. Heads well, up, three-way race on a terrain that was selected to average out their various skill sets because coming into a, a, a sprint finish, depending on how the sprint finish was and what the what the race had been like up to that point, mm. could be very evenly matched, be very, very exciting, kind of like that you know, Milan San Remo finished that Kwiatkowski uh, won. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, well, speaking of which, next weekend is uh, Strada Bianchi. So maybe we'll see that. Uh, no, 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 no. Valverde won't race Strada Bianchi. No, will but it? will Sagan be there? Yeah. He wasn't there this weekend. He was well, definitely... Well, I think Valverde might be at Strada Bianchi. Really? I think he's, that's a maybe for him. All right. Well, yeah. that'd be great to see Well, the you mean much race. like Tour of, Tour of Flanders is a maybe for him every year? Uh, well, maybe that's what I read. It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, Strada Bianchi, uh, you would have to say Kwiatkowski has to be hot favorite. Uh, Stibar's looking good too, but Kwiatkowski's got some win, a couple of wins. He's got two stage wins and an overall under his belt, so he's got to be feeling good. Uh, I sent you guys earlier uh, some video of him out training for Milan San Remo. Oh, yes. In the... In the I've never seen somebody having to wipe piles of snow off their Oakleys like that. Milan-San well, Milan Remo, the race of the falling snow. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't this the race that they shortened a few years ago because uh, they it was shortened snow? It not routinely, but yes, they've had to they've had to shuttle from one place to the yeah. other. They've had to shorten. They couldn't the race. go over the pass, right? Because yeah. it was it was snowing so hard and so cold and everything. They and of course, the it's the infamous race where Bernardino lost feeling in his fingers right no that was liege bast neige baston neige oh, that's right of course yeah Duh. but yeah it doesn't look like springtime on the Cote d'Azur right now it's snowing in nice and uh yeah but yeah if kwiatkowski um so cancellara won three times strada bianchi and so if you win three times you get one of the sectors named after you hmm. and uh kwiatkowski has two he's got two so uh could get his third one this year. We'll see. That's right. And uh, Sarda Bianchi has the, the amazing finish. Yes. Uh, the best finish in cycling, I think. The Game of Thrones finish. Yes, yes it into is. Into the medieval village. Yeah, yeah. into the um, where they have the Palio, the uh, Piazza, whatever it's called, yeah. in Siena. Yeah, phenomenal. Up that really steep uh, medieval street. And climb. then literally into the town square. Yes. Basically. Yeah. So guys, we did a little early season uh, trash or panache on uh, some kits now that we've seen them in action. Um, 
how about I throw you a little quick uh, trash or panache uh, on some other action that we've seen mm. in some races? Okay. Uh, specifically, Tom Dumoulin's bike toss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> trash or panache? That was pretty... That's Are we going to rate it against uh, the greatest bike tosses of all time? Versus the uh, Wigo bike toss? Mm, the yeah. lean it against the wall bike toss? I mean, yeah, Tom. Tom's was very... It was, it was right there next to Chris Horner's... I, it felt very Horner-esque, didn't throw it? Throw and pretend, bottle kick, attempt bottle <laughs> kick. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was a little bit of a tantrum. Totally a tantrum. Uh, in Dumoulin lost some like cool guy points yeah kind of really i mean i understand it's frustrating when you got a couple mechanicals right because he had a mechanical in the time trial the and day that kind of yeah, took him out of the gc and then he had another mechanical mm. so i mean you just gotta like toss it like marcel Kittle. like just like if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna throw it throw it right yeah, so I, I I'm gonna I would definitely vote trash on on Dumoulin's toss. It was yeah, it was angry, it was petty, it was kind of bouncy. And, yeah, it was a little, you know, it was a little, it was a little limp. <laughs> he did like a little double clutch too. He kind of he kind of bounced it and caught it again, and then sort of like yeah. tossed it off again. You got to like, wiggle well, wait, that no, I don't shit. Want, really man. want to break it. He should have just like. He should have done a full-on discus throw, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. Really because he had, like, it. he had, like, it was, a little ravine. There was a little wall there. He could have, yeah, he could have like, could have throw it over the wall. Tossed it over. Wow, yeah. I don't know if he could actually do that. Uh, Those guys are pretty skinny. <laughs> now, granted, Wigo, when he did his epic bike toss, you know, five years ago or whenever it was, you know, he benefited from a tremendous amount of luck, right? I mean, it was... Zen. Yeah. It's just zen. <laughs> but, 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 you know, he had... You you've gotta you've gotta initiate the move oh. to get the luck, and yeah. so that's where the panache and Wigo's move comes in. It's not the result. He could have bike could have wound up on the ground somewhere over there, but he you know he didn't throw it. He rolled it off. I mean that was that was a sweet sweet it sweet move. Panache the, all the way. Still the finest. Yeah. All right. So and yes, that, not a great weekend for Tom, uh, but uh, you know I'm sure we'll see. And also yeah, he did not got to. He had a little bit of a curse of the rainbow jersey, didn't he? It was his first time in his he TT did. jersey, yeah. and uh, it did not play out well for him. And is he he's doing the Giro? I can't remember. Yeah, he said so. He said he's going yeah. to defend the Giro, yeah. But not the Tour. I don't know. He might do the Tour, but whether he's doing it to win, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did see that there's, uh, there's apparently this cyclist named Phil Bauhaus who won a race. I just figured he must be your guys's favorite writer although we haven't talked about it but he seems like Bauhaus is a band that you guys probably listen to a lot back in the dark ages is when we were I don't know when you guys up. were like 20s or something yeah yeah Bauhaus huge band Love and Rockets spinoff band you might have heard of them Bodie they're no. a little bit more modern well I've heard of Love and Rockets the comic yeah which I think the band was named after the comic interesting okay yeah, yeah. didn't know that so Bauhaus broke up Mm. Peter Murphy, the lead singer, went on to a solo a solo career yeah. as Peter Murphy, and uh, the remaining three members formed Love and Rockets. Did Love and Rockets have that album where it's like the shot of someone's rear end in some like rather le- leather pants and like their fingers crossed? No, that's Lover Boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Hey, I'm glad you knew that. So, Matt, you have your pick of Segway music here. Do yeah. You go, do you go with Bauhaus? Yeah, or Loverboy. Or do you go with Loverboy? Or a mashup of the two. Ooh, if you can work <laughs> Can't that, wait man. wait to hear that one. Oh, that's a challenge. Good stuff. Mm. 
about Estrada Bianca coming up. up also is the Paris Nice yes. sort of a, the week long stage race yeah um, the race to the sun although if the weather stays the way it is it's going to be the race to the snow and this is this is kind of a mini grand tour is this where Giro riders kind of see where they're at or is it still too early is it mm. is there a lot of climbing in this race I don't actually know much about it. There is some climbing. It's it's one of these races that there's uh, one big queen stage. So it, it kind of goes, well, as the name implies, it goes from Paris down essentially straight south through France. Um, mainly to Nice. To Nice. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but got you've got to get over the Maritime Alps uh, to, to finish that. And the f- last two days... Mm. day five is usually the big climbing day and then day six is usually a little climb the and time trial they usually sometimes it's a time trial up the cold days yeah yeah and then there's that beautiful just epic descent on the last day of the race down into nice mm. um they switch it up a bit they uh, you know it can change sometimes it goes over the massif central mm-hmm. uh but yeah they'll they vary the route down often it opens with a prologue uh it's a it's a not great, this year not this year so and it actually looks like it, ha- it has a time trial 18 kilometers and it has Caldez. three mountain stages at the end mm. and a lumpy stage right before um so yeah i think uh is is, is our man valverde gonna be there uh don't know but i'll tell you what he you is not would be hard pressed to bet against Sky, seeing as I think they've won six of the last seven Paris Nice races. Yeah, with various riders. Richie Port has won it as a Sky rider in years he past. Has. I think Gareth hasn't Thomas he? has won it, uh, and uh, Sergio Enao won it last year. Is that the one that I pick, or the one that I should have been should be picking? That's the that yeah you picked the wrong one. You picked Sebastian. So, so Sergio is the one that won it last year. Not his cousin. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Dan Martin got third last year. So uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if I'm sure he'll probably be there. I'm uh, curious to see how his form is. Yeah. Uh, if they have a time trial, he probably won't do that well. So, but do you know, uh, guys, uh, fun, fun question here. Yeah. Who is the man known as Monsieur? Paris Nice, who has won it seven times. Well, since you're asking that question, I'm going to say it's Bernard Hinault. No, it isn't. Oh, okay. I am really thinking about this one. Give He's me, give me a won- little bit of a hint. Give, okay. me, give me a time He has frame. only ever won one Grand Tour, and this would be in the 80s. And this was his, I think he won it seven years in a row, possibly. I'm not sure. But he won it seven times. The 1880s? 1980s. Okay. All right, just, just making sure. Mm. You got me. Irish. Oh, uh, Nicholas Roach? Sean I'm, Kelly. Oh, Sean Kelly. Sean Nicholas Kelly. Nicholas Roach, not Monsieur Nicholas Monsieur Paris-Nice, seven-time seven winner. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, okay. Known more as a sort of a classics rider and you know classics but, sprinter yeah. and week-long stage racer yeah. hmm, sounds a little velvet yes 
Well, these climbs look pretty brutal, so I don't know if uh, he'd be able to win this year's version, but uh, nice yeah. to have a grand uh, a grand tour, or not a grand tour, sorry, a, a week-long stage race on the European continent. We can, yes. we can watch this race, right? Yeah, and, and if he's not there to win the race this year, he'll certainly be there to mumble our way through it. Yes. <laughs> he's going to be there. I checked. Who is? Sean? Sean, yeah. He's commentating? Good. Oh, oh, Sean Kelly. Oh, Sean I think you're talking about Dan Martin. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Sean Kelly. <laughs> to mum, get it? To mumble his yeah, mumble yeah, no. it? <laughs> All, right. All right, so good. We mm. got road season started, and yeah. uh, I'm officially now excited about it. And Cross and is I'll, over, right? It is, and so I hate that we've got a segment here on our <laughs> on our agenda where we talk about Cross, because as much as I love talking about Cross, I'm, I'm, I'm like... Well, I said it was it. dead last week. Yeah. But turns out there was more. But but I guess apropos of the item on our agenda, we're not talking about cross racing so much as we're talking about cross retirements. So maybe yeah. it fits in with the season being mm. dead. Klaus Van Tornout, Rob Peters, both announced this week that they are retiring. Um, Van Tornout has some serious cross palmaris. He's a, he's a decorated and an awesome... Two times silver racer. medalist at the World Championships. Almost uh, maybe would have won in the States at Louisville. Right. He caught caught himself in the fence. That's right. It was him uh, and Sven at the end. Sven, that was yeah. It. Um, yeah. So also dig, doing doing a little research. I saw that um, he's a ginger, just like our, our man Stephen Hyde. <laughs> Apparently there was a ginger rivalry, um, and Klaus got Stephen Hyde 19-4, to 4, so... Not much of a rivalry, but <laughs> well, I I would take great ginger cross racers. I would take time. being able to beat Klaus Van Torn out four times if all I had to do was get beat by him nineteen times. <laughs> I'd feel pretty good about that personally. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rob Peters actually won a race this last season. Do you remember what he beat? In, That's right, in the states. Yes, he won a race in the states. Yeah, yeah. It was not a. Uh, it was not Rochester. One, maybe it was one of the early, very early season races. I always get Rob Peters and Tim Melier confused. No, but Rob Peters won a race. Uh, he beat J. Powell, maybe, or I can't remember. Anyway. He may have beat J. Powell and Stephen Hyde. I'm yeah, not sure. well, he, he definitely beat everybody who was there because yeah. he won. But oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Rochester. Mm. Yeah. Um, so and, yeah, awesome. Guys, uh, happy retirement. Yes. Enjoy. Uh, also, Rob Peters made some interesting comments this week about Matthew Vanderpol, who won 32 races this season. Yeah, you were telling season. us about that, Matt. Why, uh, why don't you Ro- share that story? So Rob uh, was basically commenting that he thought uh, Matthew was, not re- was really kind of ruining racing by winning all the time <laughs> and just going off the front and destroying everyone and that that wasn't good for the sport the fact that he was so good at it and winning everything so easily and i don't know about you guys but that sounds like a sore loser to me it does i mean well that's been a point of discussion well i don't know is it bad for the sport? Is it a bit boring? Does being it slightly boring mean it's bad? But I don't holding against Vanderpool going out and smashing as hard as he can. He should do that. 
Right. I mean, um, it's one thing to say we if you need can, to, why wouldn't you? Yeah, right. So, I mean, yeah. th- th- here's the difference. You know, I, I get it if you're talking about English football, where you want to say, okay, look, we need to do something with the rules or with the, you know, pay to play or, you know, buying players to right. keep a team like Manchester United from being able to constantly dominate this league by just buying up all the best players. Okay, so that's one thing. Or like the New York Yankees, you know, they just, you know, they spend all this money and they just get these great teams and they go out and smash it and that's not fun for the sport. But when you're talking about an individual sport, right? I say you go out and smash it as hard as you can possibly smash it. Would you you say, okay, um, similarly, would you say, you know what, Usain Bolt should start a little bit slower to make it more interesting? (laughs) I think he actually actually does that, (laughs) just to make it a little more interesting. Well, Vanderpool could possibly do that. I mean, the Usain races for nine seconds, so if you, you know, that's about one lap per second, so yeah. Sometimes he does that. He'll stay with the guys for a lap, and then he'll go, all right, I'm off now. I'll see you guys later. But, you know, Vanderpool got 32 wins, uh, but no rainbow stripes. But no rainbow. Uh, So I know we talked about that in depth last year, but uh, last year, last podcast. Yeah. um, But the other thing, but there was sort of a fun, I don't know, this article is in Dutch, but there was some sort of bunny hop contest mm. in... Yeah. Slow race and like weird Sudal, track stand thing. Sudal does some like kind of like tricks competition. It's like a season-ending celebration of cyclocross. Yeah, you know, race of champions kind of thing. There actually is, and it looks like they also have a bunch of kids and juniors that come out and race. Uh, there seems to be. This is just judging from the photographs, because again, the Google translation of this article that you shared, Bodie, was just horrific. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's better than trying to read it in Dutch, but. Um, anyway, it looks like it's a bunny hop competition, uh, where they essentially set a high bar and you try to bunny hop it. Yeah. On a cross bike. On a cross bike. Yep. Uh, some sort of balance competition, which mm. involves mounting, dismounting, remounting your bike on a balance beam kind Ooh. of thing. And, okay. and, and, and then hopping off the end. And some kind of some kind of you know fun race. Yeah, and that's about the best I could get of it. But what I did gather from it is that was it Tom Mewson? Yes, that won this year. Won bunny, bunny hopping. He's won sixty it be- centimeters. He's won it before too. Yeah, yeah. sixty centimeters, which uh, is two feet, right? Oh gosh, got to be more than that. Well, um, uh, let's, t- let's take a peek. Well, it's I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Sixty centimeters. Last year, though, John Donuolare jumped over eighty. Oh no, you're right. Two feet. Two feet, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Eighty centimeters. Yeah. So that's huge. Wow. Um, yeah. That's kind of cool. And then I saw something where they were bouncing around, track standing for like thirty seconds before they started the race. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Interesting. Interesting little end to the season um, that Sudol Classics had. Yeah. Um, so, but, guys, let's uh, let's go local for a minute. What do you say? Let's do it sure. Up. I guess this is a little bit Lambra and a little bit rock and roll. Um, 
But uh, Jacob Boynton, friend of the podcast, took an awesome photograph, Bodie, of you giving a hamburger hand up to our good friend Alex Cormier. And teammate. Teammate. Um, and just all around lovely Canadian gentleman. Yeah. Um, didn't realize that they actually enjoyed hamburgers in Canada, but I guess <laughs> they do. Because Alex said that uh, it was the best hamburger he's ever eaten whilst riding a cyclocross bike. <laughs> it's prob- probably the only, but you know. Uh, but poutine, poutine hand up would be a lot messier, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> you were wearing your uh, Ellen Noble supporter Bunny Hop the Patriarchy shirt. Yeah, and Jacob got a great shot of that, where you see that shirt framed with the burger hand up. Really a well composed shot, and uh, he tagged Ellen Noble in the photo, and she commented, "I endorse this photograph." Yeah, which is great. Yeah, so awesome. I mean, she's now we are our the realm of friends of the podcast is it's just growing. growing and growing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, super cool move, by the way. And we talked about this on the podcast last week. Lots of good hand ups uh, in in that race, but the burger hand up was the best of them all. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking of Ellen Noble, some uh, rather sad news this week that. Uh, our uh, teammate Ali Mariano lost her Oakley sunglasses, which were formerly owned by Ellen Noble. That's right. She and bought those. Uh, bought those on swap, on some swap meet, or somehow yeah. got them. A bunch of glasses that Ellen Noble had put up for sale. A few of those floating around town, right? Year. Yeah. Emily's got Emily's a pair. Got of those, a pair. Right? Yeah. So yeah, she lost those and uh, and posted them. Uh, I guess no one's found them. If anybody sees them out there, they're. Uh Pair of Oakley jawbreakers uh, with the blue lens, I believe. White frame, so, blue lens. Yeah. yeah. Formerly owned by Ellen Noble, so you should pick them up and give them back to Allie. Yeah. So, so Jason Cash Me Outside can lose his keys <laughs> at a portalette and find them like five days later. Did but he really find them? He did find them oh, outside hilarious. of a portalette in Kenner. That is hilarious. No one wants to pick up keys outside a portalette. <laughs> the ending of that story is better than the story itself. The fact that he found them outside of a portalette in Kenner. Oh, uh, boy. But, so hopefully, Allie, your sunglasses are... Maybe go check the portalette outside of outside the portalette in Kenner. Cash yeah. me outside the portalette. Yeah. And right. yeah, we had then other Lamber stuff. We had the MS Gravel Cup finished. This Third third race in that series yeah yeah this past weekend um i actually don't know if they did a overall i don't think so i was looking for the overall results for like three races yeah i think they did i thought that they said they were doing an overall and that it actually had a payout i know there was no payout for the individual races because as you guys know i got on the podium in one of the first ones and it was just prizes but i'm pretty sure i saw in the in the race flyer that there was going to be an overall podium with a with a payout um and i was just curious to see i only competed in one of those races but i was just going to see even with that one race where i wound up overall unfortunately the second race was when i was in miami and the third race was this saturday for my birthday ride so i wasn't able to do either of the last two yeah but guys i'm serious this is a race that we all need to go to to all three of these next year I agree. Yeah. I would I would love to do that. It's a little bit expensive as a race entry, but mm. honestly, you know, I mean if you can just kind of hold your nose and buy into the whole thing. <laughs> I don't mean hold your nose, but you know just say look, o- I'm going to bite the bullet and do it. Yeah, I would imagine if you win the overall, you must get one heck of a hug. Yeah. They are giving <laughs> out hugs. Yeah. 
Um, and there was some delicious uh, cookies and food and stuffs after the race. Yeah. Looked like a fun race. A lot of good photos um, mm. up on the Facebook pages. Saw that uh, young Jack White, who we've talked about on this podcast, he won the 100-mile race. Wow. Kid is on a tear mm. Mm. Uh, this early season. I actually upgraded him to Cat 2. Um, he wanted to get his cat to the end of last road season, and he was not close to the points needed. And I said, you know, keep racing. And and he went on a phenomenal tear these last this last month and a half and got his points. And now he's a cat too. And now he's doing gravel races. Uh, just always, like I said, it's always fun to watch the, the youngsters grow up and become these pretty fast dudes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, congratulations. Still, still waiting for that to happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> no, me yeah. too. And as, to him. speaking of fast dudes, um, Lambra alum, Brian Mutel, uh, won a P12 race in South Carolina. Holy Beating moly. some pros. Some wow. legit pros on, I believe, Holowesco Citadel and UHC, maybe. Yeah, the, he is uh, the mutilator. Deal. Yeah, the yeah. mutilator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, uh, we watched him uh, finish... Uh, Sunny King. He he did did he did he, he win Sunny the, King? Won the Cat Three Sunny yeah. King crit. Yeah, he did. Two years ago, last year. Yeah, I was there. I was also in that race, but I was near the back. Yep. Um, I got pulled. You were at the opposite end. I was at the of opposite that race. end of that race. Yeah. And uh, he ended up winning that one. Uh, yeah, dude's super strong. Always like a same thing. Always cool to see people come from our area who. Uh, are racing these bigger races and doing really well. So I think Indeed. he'll be back for Rouge Roubaix. Uh, so Ooh. yeah, honestly, looking at the starting list in that race, he might have a pretty good chance. Um, I haven't seen a lot of bigger names. Like but I, they don't usually show up until just before that. Possibly they, they get out. Yeah, of I'm curious yeah. what are the bigger teams are going to come. We've had some pretty big teams in the past at Rouge Bay. So mm-hmm. um, well, you mentioned Hincapie and, and, and yep. yeah. you know, so those guys have certainly been there a good bit before. Although being they're now pro Conti, right? Holowesco Citadel, is that right? Yes, they stepped up from Conti to pro Conti. Yeah, so they may they may have bigger uh, yeah sights on bigger things, but that's no I mean not to you know no detriment to Rouge Bay because it is a quality race that is worthy of anybody showing up to do. Wait, so where are we uh, at on the? Are you guys racing the race? Rouge, I am not racing Rouge Bay this year. I I would love to be racing Rouge Bay this year. I am not racing Rouge Bay either. I'm waiting for my MRI results for my knee. Uh, looks like I uh, tweaked it in a bizarre gardening accident. Oh uh, my gosh. Or a bizarre dog walking accident. And uh, I may have uh, torn a meniscus. So that's a bit of a bummer. But uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I feel okay on the bike. Okay ish. I mean, not great, but okay. Extreme gardening with Matt Kite. Yeah. Time to give your dogs away. <laughs> if anybody wants one, I'll, I'll, I will gladly do that. <laughs> I'll do, I got, I've got a two-for-one deal right now. <laughs> All right, yes. So uh, I, I would love to be doing Rouge, but I don't think so. Are you going to head up there, Bodie, and uh, take some take some shots? And Yeah, I might have some jobs uh, in town, but if I don't, I will definitely be there with a camera in tow. Um, yeah, and I will probably be there at the top of Blockhouse, handing out 
snacks to our teammates. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a fun, it's definitely a good race to go to, uh, even as a spectator, just only because you can see the race a few times and you can watch it. You can watch people climb up gravel. And I mean, it's a little bit different than standing on a corner of a road race and watching people go whiz by you at, you know, yes. 25, 30 miles an hour. You can, yep. you can watch them race for a bit. So oh, yeah. look, Matt, you and I had a fantastic time last year with Chuck <laughs> Bell after, after we crashed out in the neutral rollout, we got yeah. to, we, we got to go to all the feed zones and yeah. see our teammates coming by. Many of our teammates who didn't realize that we'd crashed out of the race yeah. in a neutral rollout or were looking at us as they were riding by us. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, I'll take your word for that, Townsend. I don't oh, you remember, don't remember, I don't remember a hell of a lot of that. Yeah. But yeah. But, well, And it wasn't because you were drunk either. No, surprisingly. No. Well, guys, I think we have reached the end of this show. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm all talked out. Yeah, I don't even want to sign off tonight. I'm just going to say goodnight. Oh, wait. No, I have one more thing that I want to add right before the end here. And this is bizarre that I'm bringing this up as the non-American in the room. But I just want to say... Uh, I know what you're going to say. Guys, go on to social media. Go onto Twitter and share uh, Larry Warbass's post. Larry wants to be in the Tour of California. He is the U.S national road champion he looks glorious in his kit and get his team aqua blue sport to the tour of california right so aqua blue is lobbying for a well-deserved wild card slot in the tour of california and yeah. as matt said larry warbass is our national champion the national champion needs to be racing in America's greatest stage race. Absolutely. So let's get that done, do everything we can to, to help out. So the Yeah You Ride podcast is solidly behind Aqua Blue's bid for a wild card spot in the Tour of California. Mm-hmm. So go lobby your uh, senators and representatives and That's right. all of that. Write your congressman. Yep. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are probably, some of our listeners might know the promoter's and have friends at UCI, so yeah, yeah, you know, twist their elbows. That's right. All right. Okay, so, that's it. I'm that's saying good night. Okay. I'm, I'm also saying good night. Well, this vote is for Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, vote, vote for, for Larry. <laughs> Larry. Yes, vote for him. Um, I'll sign off. I will say. Y'all have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to write us at yayuride at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can rate us and leave reviews on iTunes. And to all our 70 consistent listeners, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We hope that we uh, provide you with some sort of entertainment during late night um, baby feedings, or maybe your commute, or maybe uh, when you're doing intervals in the lakefront, you can uh, listen to us yokels mm. uh, talk bikes. I'd also like to say oh. konnichiwa to our 17 listeners in Japan, according to SoundCloud. All right. And also say to them, arigato. <laughs> okay. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and I would like to say, we didn't talk about this week, but next week we should definitely talk about it. The Yeah You Ride podcast fantasy spring classics league. Let's get that rolling next week. Guys, get hype. It's coming. It's going to be awesome. Bye. Good night. Bye.